1: We don't always swear, but when we do,
2: it's on podcasts. Please listen responsibly. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly.
3: I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin.
2: And today, we are reading Chapter 11 of The Will of the Empress.
3: In honor of being snowed in, grab a cup of hot chocolate.
2: Or tea. Or a warm blanket.
4: And let's get out of the closet.
2: No, let's get back into the closet. It's warmer in there.
4: (laughs) Oh, God, there's so many blankets.
2: Chapter 11 opens with Berenine furious about the kidnap attempt from the previous chapter she is even more curious about Sandry's new secretary. <laughs> Lady Hammer warns Berenine, she might cause the circle to reforge, but the Empress blows her off. Berenine then surprises Sandry because she's moved her entire court to Slabili's palace only 20 miles away. And I think I mispronounced that, but I don't really care. Gudruni and her children are worried about what Berenine can do to the Gadruini and her children are worried about what Berenid can do to them, as is Gorse, though for different reasons. All the Circle kids pay their respects to the Empress, though Sandri is more than a little annoyed that she now neals, needs to deal with all of the noble frippery again. She spends some time with Shan, who explains that he's not trying to court her because the Empress doesn't want him to. Rizu informs Daja that Shan and Kanail have been battling over the position of Berenine's lover. And Berenine invites our heroes on a hunting trip. Once they make it clear that they don't do hunting, the hunting trip gets changed to a picnic in the ruins of an old fortress.
5: Nothing can go wrong in the ruins of an
2: old fortress. <laughs> Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice this is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter what did you guys like and not like about this chapter
4: several things man the empress is really doing a lot she's drinking chocolate which we already had chocolate once before it's cool to see it back again is this the second or third time we've seen chocolate
5: mm-hmm.
4: i know it's at least a second
5: i think the first one was just a comparison to dodge's skin in like the first book
4: but it was definitely referencing like the drink.
5: It, yeah, yeah. I said that like, her skin was the color of the new, the new drink chocolate. But like an actual drink in, I, I think this is the second time.
4: Yeah, which is very cool. Baronine is uh, incredibly well informed. I was very surprised that she knew so much about Zagor's, considering uh, everything that fucking ha- happened in Kukisco with the fucking hospital burning down and records I love, being lost and him escaping like
2: I love that the way the information about the hospital burning down is delivered in this book makes it sound like a conspiracy like nobody knows anything about him and the hospital he was in we could get information but no it burned down like there was some like big secret conspiracy to cover up who he is uh-huh. which is not at all the case no nope. he just happened to be there when it burned
5: down <laughs>
4: I guess I'm more impressed with how she got all that info. I, I, we don't know how, but like, she's very well informed. She
5: has spies everywhere.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds
5: like she's been having them watch since Sandry moved in with them at Discipline. They've been watched constantly since they were yeah.
4: 10. Yeah. And like not just Sandry, everybody. It's kind of, yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah.
5: Cause she's like, Oh, she's, Sandry's really close with these, other three let's make sure we watch them just in case they continue to be close it growing up
4: absolutely likely playing the long game here
5: mm-hmm.
4: I was kind of surprised that she seemed so uninterested in Triss right? when like her mage told her exactly what like how she had like essentially made brand new super durable infrastructure for free in like one day and she's just like I don't care about that You you go take care of that how could you not see the value in that i get that she's not the main person that she's after but kind of seems like you'd want that on your side the the empress of a kingdom
2: yeah i don't know she seems to me kind of like she has designs to keep all of them there i guess she mostly has designs to keep sandry there but if she can keep the rest that might help her keep sandry but i know in the in the chapter where she's like going through the dossiers it's like ah these are all like powerful mages who would be convenient to have and i think it's possible that she's just kind of trusting like ishabal knows more about magic and all this stuff and she's kind of just ah, oh, whatever whatever will keep her here i don't really care
4: yeah yeah i mean we, we could tell that sandry's <laughs> her main target but I, I don't know if she knows the full extent of trista's powers also but since we know we know how valuable she could be to, to a, a whole kingdom It's right in front of her face. The way that it was described that she traveled to Dan Cruin, 20 minutes away from Sandry, to continue her siege on her. That was a very interesting way of describing what she's doing, trying to keep her there with royal crap she's doing. They said the name of the book.
5: Multiple uh, times in this
2: chapter.
4: As unbreakable as the will of the Empress. The thought of Briar with a mustache would make me weep too. I can understand why Zaygors was so upset.
2: (laughs) okay. So I have to say this like officially on air. Tortall and Knights, who we interviewed a couple of times, when they read Tamara Pierce's Tortall books, they mentioned how frequently adult men have mustaches, including in one of the series. There is a whole bunch of kids who you meet when they're like 12. And then at the end of the series, they're adults and they all have mustaches. So Tammy maybe just has a thing for mustache. And it sounds like it. She likes a man with a mustache.
4: I think maybe Tamara Pierce is in that Tom Selleck 70s mustache era. So,
2: Well, I mean, Nico has a mustache. Fryer should just get himself a caterpillar that he can wear like a mustache. <laughs> Does Frost
5: have a mustache? I know no. he has a beard,
2: doesn't he? I don't know if don't he has a mustache. a mustache.
4: Yeah, I think Tamra Pierce, fan of the Tom Selleck mustache, confirmed. I like that Baronine was very chill about Sandry possibly liking girls. She was like, "We know, we know Tamra Pierce. We know she's very cool about that sort of stuff." So it's it's cool to see it written out and not just implied.
5: I feel like maybe with these newer books, her published, they were getting more lax about that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, when she started writing, it, it was early '90s, right? So ooh, no, that's a subject we don't talk about in this book, it's early 2000, so it's becoming
2: more socially acceptable.
4: And my last one, when Rizu chuckles and Daja gets goosebumps on her arms, so she's like, am I coming down with some sort of sickness?
2: Yes, Taja It's called having a crush on someone.
4: Mm-hmm. I wrote down lovesick. I don't, you know, it's not love, mm. but, but, yeah. I like she, lovesick. She, she's definitely feeling something. That's for sure. Uh, so
5: though, my first one is when Baronine's looking at all her reports and she's disappointed that she has a lack of the information about the new secretary. She thinks that Sandra must have chosen yours just to infuriate her, which is hilarious.
3: Which cracks me up that she's just like, yeah, you did it on fucking purpose. Yeah, but no, nope.
2: <laughs> she just thinks everything's a conspiracy. Sometimes people are just nice.
5: When Berenine says, "Do you know I am disappointed in Jack and Finn staying in bed while Sandry goes riding with a tiny escort?" Really? I don't care if they have caught pneumonia. The girl will never be convinced of their devotion if they are not constantly at her side. They would have looked so brave shaking their swords at her home. Like absolutely,
3: fuck that.
5: (laughs) Okay, that's the (laughs) opposite of what Sandry was,
3: right?
2: You know how I mentioned in the last episode how when she's like, oh, you have a sword, so you think you're better than me. And I said it feels like an innuendo. This one, too. <laughs> they would look so good shaking their swords. <laughs> you look so brave. <laughs> They're so brave shaking their swords.
3: Measuring contests. So, you know.
5: I like that Berenine knows that Ambrose is really good at his job. Don't like that she thinks he's dull and boring and that she would rather not talk to him. If she's able to get Sandry's lands, she's like, if he does well with the realms he's done with her property, we shall prosper. So he knows she knows that he's really good at his job. But
2: she uses the same language that Sandry uses to describe him earlier in the
5: book. I know, I know, but she's starting to realize that he's not so dull and boring. So, I mean, you can be dull and
4: boring so, and good at your job, you know? Like, that's, There's nothing wrong with being dull and boring, except unless you're a royal who needs to be entertained by shit constantly.
5: Berenine obviously very, very much underestimates the four because she thinks that uh, since they have been bickering like brother and sisters, that there is no way for them to reforge their bond apparently is Berenine an only child because bickering with siblings usually you bicker with your siblings but then you still have a tight bond usually
3: it's the that's my sibling i can pick on them you (laughs) can't i'm (laughs) gonna fucking hate you i will beat you up so
2: obviously she must be an only child i was just gonna say she hasn't read this book series but i really like that observation i like that Isha didn't say this to Berenine,
5: but she thinks to herself, may have never occurred to Berenine, that there are some people, they are rare, but they exist, who aren't particularly interested in money, position, or fame. I hope these four are not like that. Those four aren't exactly like that. None of them care about that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's so well, man. You're going to have to think of something else if you're going to try to get them to stay.
4: Yeah, Ishabal is going to have to fight four kids and she's going to get her ass kicked. Yep. I can already tell.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not another uh, mute
2: situation. Hopefully not. That'd be terrible. Okay. So I feel like this is the moment to bring this up. I've been trying to figure out when to bring it up because I've been holding on to this since Daja's book. Oh, goodness. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, there's a scene in Daja's book when Nico is talking to Daja about how to deal with selling the tree. And he's like, well, we could do this thing and cut out the middleman and all of this. And Sandry's like, you said that to test her, didn't you? Why do you feel like you need to test us? Like, you don't need to test us. And he's like, don't I? Because what's going to happen when some rich person comes around and offers you fame and fortune? Are you going to just take it and run with it? Or are you going to like think about the consequences and being a good person. Shoot. And I read yeah. that this t- go around and I went, oh my God, that is literally the plot of The Will of the Empress. Yup. Mm-hmm. So now they are officially being
4: tested. They're being tempted.
2: I like
5: when Sandry is getting prepared to meet the Empress. She's getting all balled up. She's thinking to herself, Godwin is right. It must look like I'm trying to get all primped up for someone. And then she's all like, i'm glad shan i mean i'm glad baronine is here like, you've got a bad girl sandry has a crush sandry, sandry has, a crush. has a crush but then he shoots her down it's so sad
4: feels very much like a i won't say romeo and juliet but yeah it can't happen you know because he's there's fucking a lot of stuff in else
2: way. damn it well, and not just that he's fucking someone else, but he's fucking the empress. The empress. Yeah. Like. If it was anybody else, he probably could go after her. But if it's he em- can get himself killed. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Yeah, the empress <laughs> is like, no, you can't.
5: If he wants to make a move later, he's gotta have to wait till she's decided that she's done with that plaything. My next one is when Rizu tells daja "I know I would like you to stay." Got pretty eyelashes. My yes, right. yeah. heart starts stuttering. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm getting sick. This pretty girl tells me that she wants me to stay and I'm getting all flustered. I don't know. I think I'm sick. I like that there's still a little bit of a bond between Trist and Briar and it's because they're shared joy of reading because they can still talk about books together.
2: So this means that if the four of us ever get into a massive fight, we'll still have tiny little connection.
5: Yeah. Book. We could talk about book. <laughs> when Tris thinks too bad I can't hide in a wardrobe like Jigors, mood. <laughs> There's a lot of times that I want to just go hide in a, in a closet. Like, I'm, I don't want to deal with anything today. I'm just go hide in a closet. I like when Briar goes to get his clothes out of the wardrobe. Then <laughs> just sitting there basically and Briar doesn't even really notice. He's just like, oh, guy in my closet, whatever. That's fine. And digs
4: his clothes. Well, what's new, Shigors? <laughs> like, just... In my closet, it's more likely than you think. No,
2: it's like whatever. It's my. I like the fact that afterward, he like moves his clothes over to the other side because he doesn't want Shigors to wrinkle
5: them. But I find it funny though. He's getting his clothes. He doesn't notice in there, and then he's like, he starts closing it, and then remembers, "Oh, I need another room." <laughs> oh wait, hey,
2: you're in here. <laughs> Okay. When I was like 10, I got invited to a friend's birthday party and we decided to play hide and seek. I didn't really want to play because I knew it was going to end up being it. And I was like, I'm terrible, like finding people. And I ended up being it. And I looked in a closet and I opened the closet and there was like, just like towels and stuff. And then I closed it and turned and then I turned back and I opened the closet and there was my friend just standing right inside the closet. (laughs) And I just completely did not see her, even though she was right in front of me. So, wow. you know what, Briar? I get it.
4: <laughs> Sometimes your eyes see what they want you to see.
5: Yep. I like when Jacques calls Briar and his friends' children. And Briar says, watch the children's stuff. It's taken me all my life to shed that name. I'll oh, thank you to keep it in mind
2: i'm 18 though. i'm not a kid anymore watch your mouth no he says watch the children's stuff so i was like yeah Jake jacores get it right bryer's not a child he's a kid um, uh, oh my God. no stop it
3: does in fact say that they are just kids at heart in a previous chapter so he
5: does Anyway, moving on. When Briar thinks to himself, someone's got to do a better job of finding us peculiar ones before they end up like Jigors. He has so much care in his heart, and it's so sweet. And to think that he started out as just a little street rat that didn't care about nobody except himself, and now he cares so much about people, and it's so sweet.
2: I think it's partially because he's been through that experience. Similar to Tris, he was one of those peculiar ones. Mm-hmm. And then like he and Tris have that very strong bond, even though they're all broken. It's, he's still slightly connected to her. So it would make sense he's seeing both of them in Jigors.
5: My next one is the flattery that Briar uses on Berenine. And he makes her a rose and he tells her, It pells beside your lips, your imperial majesty, but it was the best I could do on short notice. Like, oh, Briar, gross.
4: (laughs) Shut up. He definitely knows that that sort of flirting is what is expected, Mm -hmm. I guess, of someone like him in the court. So he's like really, really hamming it up.
5: Oh, yeah, because his next one is like katie has stolen my arm perhaps or maybe my breath but my heart could only belong to you great lady and he he enjoyed the flirtation but he knew not to take it seriously <laughs> so,
4: yeah and baronine flattery yeah baronine i guess it's just how, how they talk in court I, I i don't know
5: he's a lot better at the flattery than
2: fit and jack are a hundred percent oh though. for sure for sure so much better at it. Of course, if he tried to flatter some girl who had the same temperament as Sandry, she would still slap him across the face. Oh yeah, for sure. I like
5: when Shan goes on a walk and he runs into Sandry and he's like, "I was just going for a walk. You're the one who looks like you could use some privacy, or perhaps enjoy murdering someone." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a dislike that Shan is Branding's lover. I don't like that. Like, no, Sandry had a crush and it was cute, and now it's
2: crushed. When Baronine is talking about what happened to the would be kidnappers, she turns to Lady Hammer and she's like, I do not want that to happen to me. And
4: so I wrote, foreshadowing.
5: Sandry's going to make her naked.
4: Her mage sounded very confident that she could stop the little magic that Sandry was using, apparently, for Stitch Witch stuff. I don't think it's going to be enough. No, so, especially so since I
5: mean. all four of them are gonna reforge their bond. <laughs> They're gonna be stronger than ever.
2: It's gonna be amazing. I thought it was really interesting that Berenine said something about like Ambrose had thwarted her by not telling Sandry about all the tax shit that was going on. I guess I wonder if it was maybe him, like also kind of trying to protect Sandry from Berenine in a way. Good journey, and Sandry are talking about the Empress and how she like just thinks that like, oh, any woman should be able to escape because I did. And I think we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode, but Gudruni is basically like, I think she probably had more opportunities to escape than I did. Definitely
4: made because... it easier on her.
2: Yeah, because nobody's going to want to treat the Empress that badly. Yeah. Because if she does
4: escape, you're fucked.
2: Well, they were fucked anyway, because they did get killed anyway. So so it should have probably been a little meaner, so they would have lived. I think they also talked about, like, even if he marries her and he becomes emperor, she still has a shit ton of power. When Chime comes to Sandry and wants to go to the party with her, Sandry tells her no screeching, and I thought of my cat. But the whole bit where, like, Chime sits on her shoulder and like wraps her tail around Sandry's neck and then she like comes out all elegant. I was like, I want this scene as a movie. Like yes! it's very cinematic and it looks really cool. Is there a
4: better dragon on your yeah. shoulder? Yeah. I
2: can't do it. And yeah, like like she's wearing Chime as the most elegant, most unique ever piece of jewelry. That's fantastic. And Chime is probably loving every minute of it. And she's all, this is for me.
4: Yeah, they're looking at Chime. <laughs> yeah. the, the whole party's for Chime. Sandra's just carrying her.
2: When Rizu is trying to convince Dasha to stay, she's like, difficult people need people who are not difficult. And I felt like that applied to Dasha to her siblings. So this is why Dasha is part of the gang, because prior interests in Sandry are all difficult. Yes. How many times in a day can one curtsy or bow without tripping over their own feet? Tris thinking about going to Lightsbridge. She thinks nobody shrinks from the village healer. Tris, you're not going to be just the village healer. I don't think you have it in you. It would bore you to tears.
5: That and she would. I don't see her just sitting on the side like, oh, something bad's happening that only you could fix, but I'm just going to sit here because I don't want people looking at me like I'm weird so yeah. I get just see her sitting on the sidelines letting things happen around her when she could fix things so
2: I'm pretty sure we've talked a little bit somewhere before about how the unwritten book 12 is supposed to be Triss's adventures at Lightsbridge not only do I hope that that book gets written but I hope that it's all about Triss accepting herself I guess yeah literally my next thing is also about Triss you talked about how she uh she just she's not gonna let things just sit like she's going to help where she can and so when she goes to get briar after he leaves she renews the cold spells on the cellar Mm -hmm. that's something that's easy for her to do because she can do it like in private which is what she'd rather do but like if you're gonna do those things without even like questioning it
5: i mean just like in the town where she fixed the walls she's trying to do that in quiet too No, she can't just sit by She's because she didn't even ask Sandy about doing all that and she just sits down and starts working on stuff like, oh, this needs done. I'm going to go ahead and work on it. She's not capable
2: of just sitting quietly by. I also like that Briar is kind of doing the same thing because he's down there like renewing all of their like herbs and medicines and stuff Mm -hmm. and then she also takes the time to label them since he dashes out. Yep. Goodwin mentioned earlier that Berenine is chill with the possibility that Sandry's just into women and not men. I also felt like Briar's response of like, yeah, I mean, no pretty face is going to keep her here. Some plants will grow where they will. Tammy said that Sandry's ace, and I felt like that was a nice reference to that. Mm -hmm. I also like that he describes himself as, quote, just a scruffy gardener with dirt under his fingernails. And in his ears.
4: (laughs) He's so smart and also humble, but also very smart to downplay him saying Sandry's not going to stay here because of that.
2: Shan, when he's talking to Sandry and she's complaining about like all the guys wanting to marry her and all this, he tells her, if you marry one of them, they'll leave you alone afterward. And it's just like, that seems like the worst way to get someone to leave you to alone. Leave you alone, yeah. Like, and the oh. worst reason to marry someone.
5: You'll leave me alone <laughs> if I marry you, right? Okay. You were
2: like, Go away. I like all the political talk about how Landrag is the last big holdout and Berenine's like really sunk her claws into all of the other properties and this is like pretty much the only place where she doesn't have like someone who's completely under her thumb. Keep trying. Keep trying. And I also like the, the way Shan talks about the Empress and how he's, I've been her lover for two months or whatever. And, and we get this whole thing where she's, she kind of like takes whoever she wants and she's, oh no, you're out. This person's in. And then next week it'll be reversed. Sandra's like, well, why do you put up with it? And he says something about, because, you know, maybe she'll actually deign to marry one of us. I don't know. It just seems very, like, very politically smart for her to, like, play around this So thing. she
5: doesn't fall in love with any of them. Move on to the next one. I don't want to
2: catch feelings. And also, I feel like it gives her a way to control them all. They're all yeah. hopeful that they'll be in her favor and maybe be the one. And so she can kind of get them to do whatever she wants.
3: That's also the case why nobody knows who the father of her children are. Yeah, right. that's because she does this shit so
5: my question is though she was pretty chill about sandry possibly being into women but if she was into women how would she be able to she wants her to get married to a man so the man can get the property so if she marries a woman in this country would she still be able to
3: get part of the land well she'd be there that's which true. is ultimately what she wants is her to be stuck there that's true so
5: sandry still wouldn't follow what she wants
6: oh she still wouldn't
5: have the property that's Uh, why she wants her to get married so bad so the man has the property absolutely
2: so she was in the women she still wouldn't get her way i think if she marries if she married the right woman then yeah like whoever sandry marries needs to be somebody who Berenine has control over
5: but what i'm saying in this land does the woman get
2: part of the land if she marries a woman, it's only men that get the land, right? Well, I mean, women inherit, so it makes sense that if Sandry married the, a, a woman, then the woman the would woman have a point would also to get some land too. And I think part of the concept is like, oh, you're going to marry this person, and then your spouse is going to take over the land, and then you're going to come live here. And so if if she can get Sandry to marry a woman, that will do that. I think it would work because mm, just sense. like Ambrose is taking care of the land, has been taking care of the land. It's oh. We're gonna put your spouse in that position. Mm-hmm. And then Sandry is expected to be one of her like ladies in waiting. Yeah, right. Uh, cause Shan also tells Sandry, like, oh, well, she likes you. So she'll and when she likes you, she makes you one of her attendants. And I was like, nah, I think I'll be prosy, like Ambrose. Yeah. So when Shan says friendship is better than courtship. It reminded me of the poem Love and Friendship by Emily Bronte. Love is like the wild rose briar, friendship like the holly tree. The holly is dark when the rose briar blooms, but which will bloom most constantly. The wild rose briar is sweet in spring, its summer blossoms scent the air, yet wait till winter comes again, and who will call the wild briar fair? Then scorn the silly rose wreath now, and deck thee with the holly sheen, that when December blights thy brow, he still may leave thy garland green. That's a good poem. Apparently, if you want Shan's job, you have to pay for the job. You have
5: to pay so she's a hooker.
2: <laughs> no, no. Uh, Shan, like, because Shan's, like, master of the hunt or something. And Rizu's uh, talking I, to Daja. Okay, because
5: <laughs> I read it as, if you want to be my lover, you gotta pay.
2: <laughs> Rizu's talking to Daja and she's like, he doesn't have the money to pay the fee to have his position at court. So oh, I thought they she they had just by
5: they had just was talking about her him being Berenine's lover. So I took it as, mm. oh, okay, so he has to pay to be her lover, and that's how he got that
2: position. I'm like, oh, okay, so her lovers have to pay. Her. <laughs> All right, to have the master of the hunt position that he holds, there is a fee that you have to pay to get the job. And she paid the fee for him because he couldn't afford it. And I just thought that was like very interesting. And I guess that's because, you know, we only want like the rich nobility here. And so if you're not wealthy enough, you're probably not worth our time. But he but, was very handsome. So she had to have him. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting, like the concept of, oh, you want this job? Well, OK, pay me 50 bucks.
5: Who cares if you're qualified for it? <laughs>
2: I think Sandry handles the whole issue with hunting very diplomatically. And I'm glad that she did that because Tris sounds like she's about to lose it toward the end. Yeah. so She's coming out swinging and Sandry's like, calm down. I got this. (laughs) My last one is Daja says, I'm good with a staff, but that's for beating human heads, not animal ones. (laughs) Which I just thought was an interesting comment in this context.
3: You know, sometimes you just have to remind some people that you are not afraid to fucking hit them. Violence is always an option. So did you have anything you wanted to add, Indy? A couple things, hold on. One I'm surprised no one mentioned is I dislike mysteries. Peculiarities are like an itch I cannot scratch. God, that's a mood. I happen to understand hide-spirited youngsters they're always very proud and very certain that their errors are the blackest crimes known to the world yeah she thinks she knows yeah she thinks she knows
2: so it does seem to be an accurate description of the four right now
3: that's that's what i was going to say as well like briar doesn't want to talk to anybody else because and- of the shit he's seen and tris is like oh everyone will think different of me and Dodge is like i just don't want to fucking talk about it man i'm not over it this is one that i messaged molly about when i was first reading it war magic we've kind of heard this hinted at in Triss's book specifically mm-hmm. there was talk of war magic the fact that it's brought up as If Tris got into this business well she'd make more money than she could shake a stick at.
2: But Tris isn't into hurting people.
3: Especially not after Tris's books.
2: Absolutely
1: absolutely
3: not. Tris talking about the finest cobweb of a bond. I just, those two never really lost it in comparison to everybody else. There's a reason why I love Tris and Briar so fucking much. They are the best siblings. You've shed half a dozen names, but there's one you'll never lose, and that's Friend. Oh. My heart. <laughs> my heart. You're a vexatious youth and an honest one. You may leave you may leave to bring me some fresh berries from the food table. <laughs> you have a point. I hate you for it, but you have a point. Now go get me food.
4: <laughs> Fr- frankly, it sounds like they're already in a relationship.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Shan stealing the uh the oh milk. the
5: mint leaf out of her hand. I forgot about that. That was uh,
3: cute. That is cute.
5: Yeah, I want to be friends with you, but I'm
3: gonna flirt with you still. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Maybe he just had stinky bread.
3: Maybe. <laughs> I do I do like him being like I like my guts where they are
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Part two of our three step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find?
3: Too bad I can't hide in the
4: wardrobe. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I, I read it and i I didn't find one. I didn't find one. Oh. I had a tough time actually like getting it
2: I it I wrote love and more specifically what? I wrote like like crushing love because it's not like really strong love but it's like Sandry's crushing on shan and then Shan's talking about all the like lovers passing with the Empress and then we get that from Rizu as well Briar's flirting with the Empress Daja is falling madly in love with Rizu there's just little hearts.
3: Flying through the air. I was going to say specifically the line majors are supposed to take such things in stride because there is a lot of Sandry is playing nice and, like, mm-hmm. well, honestly, all of the kids are playing nice. <laughs> Part three of
2: our three step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter?
5: So what I pulled out of this chapter, I guess, is don't assume you know everything. Berenine seems awfully confident about what's going to go down with the kids. I haven't read all the book, but I'm pretty sure that's not what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure that they're going to reform their bond. And take down whoever gets in their way. She, she thinks that uh, they're not going to do that. So uh, don't get overly confident in thinking that you know everything. Because um, you don't. Know, and it might come back to bite you in the ass later.
2: I wrote, I'm a mage. I live to work. I love my work. I don't feel like this is really me. Like observing something that I want to change about myself. But it just really hit home. Because I am a storyteller. And I have always been a storyteller. I would not, never be comfortable in a place where I couldn't tell stories. Indy's the one who's always saying everyone has magic. I think that stands for whatever your magic is. It is something that is so like deeply a part of you that you need it there, like Goodwin and cooking. Absolutely,
4: the magic that I found is that what is obvious to someone else may not be obvious to you. What Briar tells Agor said, "Hey, dude, if you're so." fucked up about getting tortured and killed and stuff here in a because he overheard some stuff why don't you just leave obviously Zagor's has had some mental issues caused from not only you know potentially becoming mad from visions but also the magical help he was given to try to fix it but it's if you having trouble in the country and just go Like, it's not always that simple, but what might seem very simple to someone else, like you're, you're so involved it right in your face that you don't have the same point of view that someone else might. I feel that it's personally important to always try to get points of view from other people, even if, you know, you've been working on something for weeks and stuff, and you feel like you're the only one that knows what's gone into it and what, you know, a certain thing has to go a certain way in this. Someone else that's outside of the issue and having a different point of view of it can give you a solution that it uh, save you a lot of time potentially. I had a friend that was trying to run wiring for like a speaker system, and they had wooden not a trellis, but they had a wooden um, wooden beams going across their ceiling, and they were like, "How can I hide this wire?" To run this speaker system into this house across the ceiling without having a wire dangling there. Is he gonna have to buy molding and trim it himself and get it in and to, to not make it look ugly on those wooden beams? I remember coming in and I'm like, why don't you just drill a hole in the beam? You know, when you're when you're so focused on something in a single in a single way and you think you know that's the only way to do it, like just having a different perspective can help. You know, I don't know any I don't know shit about woodworking, but I'm like, if something's in the way, just go through it
3: don't let caution produce monsters who don't exist that's good i know know personally i live in my head a lot of times and i always think of oh what's the worst case scenario and that worst case scenario usually stops me from doing stuff because i don't want that to happen (laughs) really though what's the likelihood of the worst case scenario happening it's much like when i went to go see bush it's like fuck It is only like two hours away from where my biological dad lives. And my biological dad loves Bush. I also love Bush. I'm going to run into this man. I don't want to go anymore because I'm going to run into him. And then I went and there was a lot of people. So even if he was there, I have no, I had no idea. So it's fine. And I got to see Bush
4: that's kind of one of those like things that i live by prepare for the worst hope for the best like plan for it but don't let it stop you from doing it because fuck that like it's not a good way to live your life
3: someone someone said something along the lines of uh what's the worst case scenario what's the best case scenario and what's the most likely scenario because the most likely scenario is what happened I got to see Bush and I enjoyed it. There yeah. you go. That's, that's it. That's it.
2: We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 12 of The Will of the Empress. You mages are all cowards. If you have to take on a real man, you can only do it with your stinking magic. Briar's six inches shorter than this cack, thought Daja as she moved into a space in the half-circle. The men next to her were too interested in the brewing fight to do more than glance at her. But they're muscled about the same, Daja thought, as she continued to measure Briar against Olfion. He may be a warrior sort. That scar on his cheek isn't some lady's kiss. Briar raised his eyebrows. Of course. If you think so, how could I possibly disagree? he asked politely. He'd shifted his weight so he was balanced properly. Look, are you trying to challenge me to a duel or something? Because if you are, could you get it over with? And if you aren't, would you go away? There's blight in that patch of speedwell over there, and I'd like to get rid of it before her imperial majesty sees it and gets upset. Duel, snapped Ultheon, with you, gutter snipe. Stinking cack, thought Daja in disgust. Ultheon continued. I'd no more duel with a peasant like you than I'd duel with dog dung on my boot. Duels are for noblemen. I'll just have my lackeys whip you. And if you go whining to her imperial majesty about it, you won't live to make it to the border. The men who watched laughed. Daja wrinkled her nose in disgust. Civilized Namor knees my eye, she thought with disdain. They treat their women like property and outsiders like idiots. They deserve a lesson or two. She leaned on her staff with a smile and waited. Briar looked over at her. I can handle this myself, he said, eyes glittering in anger. I don't need imperial protection or yours. Even a former street rat has his pride, Daja told herself. To Briar, she said, I'm just here to take wagers if he'll actually deign to trade blows with you. She looked at the other noblemen. I'll bet gold that my friend hurts this cack if it comes to a fistfight. You'll lose your money. We don't wager with traitor mage spawn, said one of the nobles. The two closest to her kept their mouths shut as the others laughed. My neighbors fear my magic, not my staff. But it's still rather sweet of them to be scared, Daja thought. Aloud, she said, oh, too bad. Because I'm giving five to one odds on a fistfight between my friend and yours. You know traders don't wager money they don't have. She looked at and inside. I forgot. You won't fight with a commoner, even barehanded. You both need a lesson, snapped Olfion. He glared at the other men. Bet rot your eyes. To Briar, he said, when I leave you as a jelly, get your friend here to pack you in a basket and send you home. Have we a bargain? Briar spat on his palm and offered it with an evil grin. It was the way for street rats to conclude a deal. It was not the way Neymar noblemen sealed their oaths. Ophion produced a handkerchief and let one end of it hang. You may grab that, he said impatiently. Wipe your hand while you're at it. He pointed to Daja, no magic from you either. These two, he pointed to two men. They see that nonsense. The fight will be forfeit in my favor if they catch either of you trying it. Don't think much of magus do they, Briar asked. He gave the handkerchief a sharp yank then retreated to take off his boots and stockings. Apparently not. Let me know if you want me to ignore the rules. For you, I'll bash a couple of heads, Daja offered. Olfan sat on a rock to take off his own boots and stockings. "'You are always the most commonsensical of my sisters,' Briar said with a grunt as he worked a boot free. "'If they kill me, just break their knees. "'They're not worth a death sentence.' His second boot was off. Next, he began to remove his knives, starting with the two he reached through the pockets of his breeches and ending with the flat one that lay just below the nape of his neck under his shirt. There were eight in the pile when he finished, not including the pair he'd left in his boots. The nobles stared at the blades in shock. Briar continued, well, if you smack them on the head, the skull will cave in because there's nothing to hold them up. And then you can sell them to her imperial majesty as planters.
4: Holy I... shit.
2: <laughs> He's about to
5: get his ass
2: kicked. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Britney, Indy,
4: and Goodwin.
5: If you like the show, tell your friends about us.
3: If you don't like the show, tell
5: your
2: enemies.
4: You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
2: Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it as we'd love to hear from
3: you. Send us an email at temple reading circle at gmail.com.
4: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And... You can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
2: To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading
5: Temple. A special thanks to Yellow's for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow's for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon Ann Draws on Instagram.
3: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother Thomas Dick for our theme music. You can find more of his music
4: by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing the Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening.
3: Let's all have coffee next week.
2: <laughs> but it fits because it's just like, oh yeah, they need to like, they're they're manly men and they need they're to manly have their men penis and off. And that's <laughs> what that's
5: it for Sandrine. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <clears throat> Goodness,
2: are you okay, Goodwin? <laughs> if you're if you're saying anything, we can't hear you. <laughs>
4: I like dick measuring contest a lot better than wiener off. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard wiener off. Beautiful.
5: Well, oh if they're taking that sword, are they just jerking
2: off? Essentially. <laughs> At one another.
3: <laughs> I I I'm not gonna go down the the, the rabbit hole my brain is uh, because <laughs>
2: I mean, it It would be appropriate. Sandry took all of their clothing. So, what else are they going to wave around?
5: That's true. That's true.
4: (laughs) (laughs) They're waiting for the wieners at the wrong person. So, I'm going to (laughs) say.
6: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.